I think a lot of the things we struggle with fall into that big Stephen Pressfield resistance category. It's a lot of it is insecurity. And then the insecurity plays out in the places where we feel weakest, maybe, or we've heard the voices in our heads. So people who don't have as much experience feel nervous about stepping into that, like, oh, I, I can't really run with the big dogs because I don't know what I'm doing. And so, you know, everything that we feel nervous about gets blown up with that insecurity. Does your head start to spin when experts talk about the best way to build your writing life? You feel like there are too many voices and you're not sure which ones to listen to? Whether you're a beginning writer or a seasoned pro trying to cut through the noise, this episode will really help you out. Hi, I'm Clarissa Mall, and welcome to The Writerly Life, brought to you by Hope Writers, the most encouraging place on the internet for writers to make progress. Here at The Writerly Life, we help you expand your creativity, explore new techniques, and express your hope-filled words in a world that needs them. We'll help you learn to balance the art of writing with the business of publishing, and we'll help you learn to hustle without losing heart. You have words, and your words matter. And as you write them, you can be you, boldly, bravely, maybe even a little scared sometimes. You can be you in your writing life. Welcome to the show, friends. Lean in, grab a pen, let's chat. With so many professional opinions on how to be a writer, how do you know who to listen to? With so many options for building a book writing career, how do you know which one to choose? Thankfully, the answer is actually simpler than you might think. You've got all the wisdom you need right inside of you. You can find the best path for you. Our guest today, Anne Croker, knows all about how to build a writing life that lasts. Anne is a seasoned writing coach and host of the Anne Croker Writing Coach podcast. She's written several books of her own, and she delights in helping writers tap into their wisdom to develop a game plan for their writing. Lean in as Anne tells us more in this Hope Writers Tuesday teaching with host Emily P. Freeman. So two writers I highly respect, Julia Cameron mm-hmm. and Marion Roach-Smith, who has been a Tuesday teacher here with Hope Writers. She's fantastic. Yep. So they both have sort of two opposing views on the morning page. So Julia Cameron talks about the morning page and says, you need to get your cobwebs out. You need to write three pages of longhand every day. Just in it, you can throw it away. It doesn't matter. It's just <laughs> to kind of get the stuff going. Whereas Marianne Roach would say, you need to write with intent. Why are you wasting your time doing morning pages? You need to write with, with, with a focus, with a, like you're going somewhere. And, she, and, I, and I believe them both. And I see, I, I see like lots of benefits to both. So I'm curious, what's your perspective on the morning mm. page? I, I think it's like all of the, we all want like that magic answer. That's going to be the, the, the answer for everyone. And yeah, you've that got that, right? Thing. You've got that. <laughs> no, <laughs> so I think you have to experiment though and try yeah. what works for you. And one of those, or a third thing or a fourth option is going to be like, that's what works for me. Yeah. And I, I mean, just as another example, just two other similarly um, opposing views, Natalie Goldberg, who wrote Writing Down the Bones, which was like one of the very first things I ever, that kind of opened up the whole world to me when I was in college. Um, writing Down the Bones was our text for creative writing, cl- creative writing class that I took. And her thing is, set the timer, is it, it's, 
15 to 20 minutes, 10, I can't remember the, the timing for her, but you know, people will tell you whatever. Mm -hmm. um, set the timer, the idea is you have a limit, then free write as fast as you can. So that would be much more like morning pages. Yes. Then a, an, a family friend went to a very exclusive um, workshop with Madeline Lingle. Oh gosh. And I think it was held at the Glen. And of course, this is a long time ago. Yeah. Um, but she, was, she went there and Madeline's instructions, and I'm just quoting the person who attended. I don't know. I, you know. Maybe Madeline would say, that's not how it went, but she's not here to ask anymore. But She's not. She's not here. <laughs> but um, my, so my family friend said that she said, we're going to set a timer and you're going to write. But before you write, I want you to think. And you can think as long as you want. Think, formulate your thoughts. And then when you're ready, set the timer and start writing and then don't stop. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of like, a, I think that's kind of like between Marianne and, and the morning pages or Natalie. Yeah. It's like an interesting sort of third option, a third way um, where you could take that you do some thinking and yeah. then you do some writing. And yes. that seems like there's some intent happening in my thinking. But then when I'm ready, I'm going to write it down. And in the same way, if you ever do mind maps, yes. when I first encountered mind maps, that was actually one of the rules or, or techniques was to make your mind map. And then as soon as you have it completely like filled out every circle, every line, when you feel like you've exhausted all your ideas, boom, right, right then, mm. get it all down right then. I don't, I don't know if they teach it that way anymore, but that, so like, because you've, you've done all your thinking and right. you're organizing and you're ready, do it then. Oh, that's good, Anne. That's good. It's funny because with like, for example, with this whole dilemma of morning page versus intent, I think it also depends not just on the writer, but on the season of your writing. Cause I know yeah. right after my last book, simply Tuesday came out in 2015, I was so in such a mode of like everything I write must be useful for the masses. And it, it was such a, like, I got in kind of a robot mode where it's like, I felt like I was wasting my time unless this was going to be published somewhere. Mm -hmm. And the morning page really saved me because it helped me realize that Yes, write with intent. Yes, that's important. But also, um, there is a use to writing that no one ever sees, and it might yeah. be a very private use. And so, right. that was helpful for me during that season, but then it comes back around. And so, I think that's mm -hmm. got to keep in mind all those different things, too. I agree. And I think, you know, there's a lot of, we, we, for our mental, emotional, and psychological health, we need some way to process things. And what better way for writers to do that than through writing, where writing yeah. brings a kind of clarity to the deepest things that we hold inside. Sometimes just getting it out and naming it on paper is something we need to do to get past a block yeah. uh, that can then free us up to begin to um, think more clearly about the part that will be public. Absolutely. And, and then I think too, writing brings clarity to our ideas. And so if the morning pages helps us kind of like clear out the cobwebs you said was um, what Julia calls it, that if that helps us, um, we, you know how sometimes you're writing something like, oh, I don't know what I want to say. And there's one technique that people say, well, what I'm trying to say is, and you keep saying that to go deeper. <laughs> right. Well, that's a great place to do that is in a place like morning pages or in a journal. Like just keep going deeper until you get to the clarity of what it is you are trying to say. Because there's something in us and like we finally get to it. And we're like, oh, I'm, right. I'm there. you know it. Yes. I landed on it, you know. Right. Absolutely. To get there. Well, why waste all that time on a, on a blog post in WordPress? Why not do that, you know, elsewhere? And then all right, now I know where I'm going. Exactly. And another thing that can be super helpful at that point is once you capture, like, this is what I want to talk about. There's um, Jack Hart is a writing coach and I've read a couple of books by him. He has a technique where he actually puts like this, it's like basically a thesis statement. You put it at the top of your page or your screen and 
you would probably delete it later, but it's like that thing that keeps you focused, the big yes. idea of the yes. piece. Once you kind of get to that, you sort through all your thoughts and you get that, oh, now this is it. Whoosh, put that at the top. And actually a lot of us will do that. You know how we have to do the throat clearing when we're sitting down to write? We're like, so, <laughs> and then, and then we almost write the conclusion of our piece at the top. Yep. The day I learned uh, the, a deep lesson about how to trust God was the day I sent my child off on the school bus mm -hmm. for the first time. We often put that at the top, mm -hmm. we, and it's at, that's actually the Jack Hart kind of approach. Put mm -hmm. it at the top, but then you probably, for artistic reasons, will want to either take it away completely, maybe put it at the end, but probably not because that's like, they, if you told right. the story Let's well, trust the reader. Like, yeah, trust the reader. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, that's good. I wonder what you would tell, like if, if there were a couple of writers who were meeting together, let's say some hope writers got together in hope circle, let's just say in our writing <laughs> that we have. And they were like, you know what, we want to, we want to read one another's writing. And how would you coach that group to read each other's writing in a way that would be the most helpful? What should they look for? And what kinds of feedback would be most constructive for those writers? That is so important because we can either go really easy on someone and really not help them, or we can go really hard on someone and just break them and right. <laughs> never want to be part of a group again, you know, or they never want to write again. So it's a very good question. And in one of the workshops that I led, someone presented to me a, a resource that came from a, a national, the national teaching, a national teaching workshop of some sort. And it's, um, there are, it's a three phase thing and it's bless, address, and press. And so one of my clients says, Anne, I want you to BAP it for the BAP. But the idea is if you ask, it, it gives you a way to ask for input and a way to, um, to ask somebody who's wanting you to review their work. You can say, do you want me to bless, address, or press this? So the idea is that you'd always want to bless. So that's right. going to transcend all three layers or degrees that you're going to give input on. So you're always going to bless. But so somebody who's brand new and they're really nervous, they just want you to show me what's working. Show me what's going well. Yes. Don't focus on what I'm messing up right now. I just need to know what's working. And you know, there's actually a strength to that. You have to be more patient as a writer, because if you're only looking at what's working, you might continue to make the same mistakes. But if you've been injured by really um, harsh criticism, you might need that. And that's okay to ask for that. And then the next level would be, okay, I need bless. And then would you address, and so let's say it's fiction, you know, can you address the character development or the arc of the story and tell me how effective it is? Or are you believing the transformation or is the conflict enough? Are, are the stakes high enough in this, in this novel? So you ask then for somebody to address something specific. So then the, the third one is press. Press says, full court press, press in, give me everything if you've got the time and energy, bless it address these things and fix every little thing you see so that I can see how to make this perfect or at least as close to perfect as possible. Anne does a really good job of balancing the need for creativity and critique. They're equal parts of the writing life, but we can often veer off in one direction or another. We want free creative license without constructive feedback, or we listen to so much critique that it squelches our creative impulses. Anne and Emily talked about the concept of morning pages, an opportunity to get your ideas out on paper as a way to start or continue your creative process. If you need a creative nudge, writing prompts are another great solution to kickstart your writing or infuse your current game plan with new enthusiasm. 
A writing prompt can take the form of an image, a photograph, a single word, or a thought-provoking question. The options are endless. The beauty of engaging with prompts is that there's no right or wrong way to use them. We can shape and reshape prompts to keep us writing consistently. And like Anne says, we can come back to our responses later and mine them for content for the piece we're working on. Consider these three benefits of regularly incorporating prompts into your writing game plan. Number one, prompts offer a fixed starting point. Getting started is often the hardest part of writing. We've all stared at a blank screen for excessive amounts of time and wondered how to fill it. Well, prompts give writers a place to start. They allow us to use our writing time more effectively by eliminating the question of what to write. By offering a fixed starting point, writing prompts help us to simply begin. Now, if getting started is particularly difficult for you, try prompts that require a response to a phrase or a question. Treat it like a conversation. Imagine a good friend is asking you that question and see how you respond. You might be surprised at what happens. Number two, prompts spark creativity. We all experience dry phases in our creativity. Well, prompts offer us the opportunity to explore new ideas and express ourselves in fresh ways. A prompt is a place to start, not the end of a conversation. When we allow ourselves the freedom to respond however we'd like without worrying about what readers might think, we can unlock unexplored areas of our writing. Try giving yourself permission to play on the page. For now, suspend all judgment about your writing and eliminate the pressure to share your words with anyone. When you give yourself that freedom, you may find the seeds of great content hidden in your responses. One of the best benefits of using prompts is that they can often lead to work we share later without the pressure to perform in the initial writing. Number three, prompts allow for low stakes practice. The number one method for improving as a writer is to write regularly. The more we practice, the better our words will become. The most sustainable route to progress is establishing a regular writing rhythm, and integrating prompts into our process gives us the chance to try new methods, ideas, or challenges in a low-stakes fashion. Writing prompts can be beneficial to even the most seasoned writer. And if you need help getting started, you're in a creative rut, or you want new ways to practice your craft, I encourage you, give writing prompts a try. You never know what good work might come from it. Here at Hope Writers, we know that your writing needs to fit into your everyday life. Your writing game plan is only as good as its sustainability. Whether you're trying to get words out on the page in the morning or looking for a community of friends to offer you constructive feedback, you can commit time to your work, knowing that you have words to share and an audience to serve. Let's listen one more time to how Anne describes this. My whole entire writing career has happened in the context of motherhood. So I know whereof you speak. And um, is, sometimes you do feel that little tint of resentment and you're like, no, I don't want to feel that. So I think you're wise to, to identify that upfront and then fight it when it arrives. And then I would say you have to, during the times when they're going to be, you're going to have people in your space, you're going to have to maybe if you've got an... If you've got a space where you go to and a time where you go, uh, and then that's going to be all out the window, then go ahead and say, oh, it's going to be all out the window. Like, don't keep fr being frustrated because you can't go back to the same space at the same time. Mm -hmm. Go ahead and say, oh, I guess I have to reinvent myself for a while and have like 
the, the different version. It's the summer version. Right. And, and, and make it portable. And, you know, I talked about um, Evernote and Keep and all those. I bought an um, iPad, but it wouldn't have to be an iPad. But, like, a, the idea was I needed a keyboard because I think through my keyboard. Mm-hmm. And so I got a keyboard and a tablet. And that thing, you can stuff it in any bag and then whip it out and, and then prop it up and you're ready to go. And I have gotten so much done. Don't underestimate the power of getting just a sentence or two down. Yes, Lucille Clifton is a poet and she was quoted in a Barbara Kingsolver book as saying, somebody asked her once, why are your poems so short? And at the time she, her kids were young and she's like, I think she's deceased now, but she's old. If not, she's very old. But anyway, she said, that's because I have six children or however many, I might be wrong about the number. Mm-hmm. I have six children and, that, and 12 lines is about all I can carry around in my head throughout the day. Nice. So I can get to a piece of paper and write it down. So she did it. She, pulled, she developed a body of work as a poet mm-hmm. in the midst of motherhood by simply taking what she could. One sentence can grow into a paragraph, can grow into a, a chapter. If this episode was helpful to you, just imagine how helpful the entire hour-long interview with Ann Croker would be. Every week, Hope Writers members have access to a new one-hour Tuesday teaching with agents, publishers, social media strategists, and authors and coaches like Ann Croker. Hope Writers helps you make progress in your writing life, whether you're writing blogs or articles on social media or in a book. If you want to be serious about your words and your reader, we're here for you. For writing tips and encouragement, find us on Instagram at Hope Writers or at our public Facebook page, Hope Writers Community. Last, a final word from author Ray Bradbury. Just write every day of your life. Read intensely. Then see what happens. Most of my friends who are put on that diet have very pleasant careers. There's no secret to a perfect writing game plan. There's only the plan that's right for you. As you commit to a regular diet of writing and reading, I suspect you'll be like Ray Bradbury's friends, pleasantly pleased with the writing life you develop. Thanks for listening, writer friend. As you step into this week, keep writing. Your words matter. We can't wait to read them. If you found this episode of The Writerly Life helpful, be sure to hit subscribe and tell your friends. Rate and review the show and like and comment if you're tuning in on YouTube. Your reviews help others know you found the content helpful. See you next week.